program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. If you're looking for something more, something different, something better, this is your opportunity. Over the next hour, we'll talk about inspiration for personal and professional success. Now, here is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. Good afternoon, and welcome again to another Transformation for Success show. I am your host, Dr. Barbara Young, and this is Tuesday, your day for encouragement and empowerment. You are listening to a show designed to change the hearts, the minds, the wills, and emotions of individuals for successful, transformed lives. Transformation simply means change. If you want to change your mind, your attitude, your belief system, a motivational philosopher, Jim Rowan, once stated, you can't hire someone else to do your push-ups for you. You must do them yourself if you are to get any value out of them, whether it's exercising, stretching, meditating, studying, visualizing success, repeating affirmations, or practicing a new skill, you are going to have to do it. No one else can do it for you. You will have to take action to be better and not bitter. Now, that's the saying of Dr. Young. (laughs) This show is specifically designed to give you a roadmap, but you will have to drive the car. Each week, we will bring you compelling stories of how successful men and women from all walks of life have overcome many obstacles and difficulties in life and failures to be where they are today. They will share from their hearts many powerful principles they learned and applied to achieve their success, to empower you to address the important work that will help you remove any mental and emotional blocks you may have to gaining success. Many of my guests will also share how they learned how to integrate the soul, body, and spirit, meaning their emotions, their wills, their physical bodies with energy and their spirits, intuition, for change to become wholly integrated people. I trust you will enjoy hearing the experiences of individuals who've changed their lives by taking action on what they heard and learned through their life experiences. I know you will be empowered and energized with the humor moving testimonies, and wit they will facilitate for inspiring messages of hope, empowerment, and change for significant living. You will be, I guarantee you, able to apply these life principles in the workplace and your personal lives for more results 
that will lead to success. Now, I reiterate, it's not enough to know what to do. It's important to understand the importance of learning how to remove the self-defeating beliefs, which I call limiting beliefs, fears, and habits that are holding you back. Now, I'm here every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So I invite you, tune in each week. Callers, you are welcome to call in with questions and to join in the conversation today. Now, you can call 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. For those of you who are international callers, the number to call is 001-480-553-5754. Again, that's 001 401- 480-553-5754. I do welcome your comments and feedback and would be happy to have you call in. You can also connect with me on my channel page, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And I welcome you to browse around my website at www.info@transformationforsuccess.com. Again, that's www.info at transformationforsuccess.com. My ultimate mission is to provide individuals with spiritual and emotional support at all three levels, the body, mind, and spirit. You will find my Life Empowerment Growth Transformation Seminars, coaching sessions for individuals and groups, webinars, networking events, and advances. I call them advances and not retreats because we're moving forward, not backwards. My, my ultimate mission is to help people, individuals, like many of you listeners, through programs and services that are all designed to empower and help you grow and make significant progress on your journey from where you are to where you want to be. Now, I have a free gift for the first people that sign up on my website, so don't delay because time is going by and the sign-ups will be pulled at April 15th. So remember, April 15th, that'll be the deadline date for you to sign up on my website. I'm also hosting my annual Women's Transformation for Success Empowerment Networking Luncheon on Saturday, June 13th at the Wilson Creek Winery in Temecula, California, which is the wine country. Now, all you men out there, don't panic because I'm going to be hosting something for for the men in September of this year. So you won't want to miss the advertisement of this event because it'll be on my website. But ladies, you want to come to this event. I, I started this some years ago because a lot of us, the women, we are in silos. We have the business women, you have business and professional women's organizations, you have women who are lawyers, you have women who are in real estate, you have women who are in education. So we have actually have some women who are in show business who are 
stunt women, actually, from Hollywood. So we have a gathering of women from all diverse occupations. And so this is an opportunity where they can bring their cards and network and share and talk and just have a good time mixing and mingling. And it's a very wonderful, wonderful event. So check the website to sign up for the Early Bird Special. Now, each week, as I said earlier, Transformation for Success is blessed to interview interesting and inspiring guests who share their journeys of success and their trials, their tripping points, and the key success principles that help them to achieve where they are today. So I am so excited to have today on my show a woman who is quite accomplished and a dynamic trailblazer who is called an American municipal politician. Now, this woman, I'm going to share just a bit about her, and then I'm going to share what we're going to talk about today is developing a mindset for success using three Ps, perseverance, passion, perseverance, and power. This woman definitely reflects all three of those three Ps and is going to share with us today. Now, she was a member of the 9th District of Los Angeles City Council from 2001 to 2013, and she was a former President Pro Temp of the Los Angeles City Council. She is a woman, I tell you, who's committed to change and has been an activist for change most of her career. You will want to hear her remarkable story and her journey of transformation from a small-town girl growing up in an era of racism and her journey to become a dynamic, inspiring, outspoken, passionate activist for changing lives. Now, I'm going to share something a little bit before I bring on my guest, that when we talk about a mindset for success, now, you must have a mindset for success. And I, I wrote a paper some years ago about mindset for success. And one of the things I shared was that you have to have a mindset on success, a mindset on success, and keep your mind focused and positive. Now, I know that this is challenging at best, but what you think about in your unguarded moments reflects what your mind dwells upon. More importantly, what you speak about when your guard is down is a good gauge of what's in your heart. Your mind needs exercise just as your physical body does. So to keep your body healthy, you must be careful of what you put into it, and you must exercise it regularly. So to keep your thoughts pure, you must guard what goes into your mind. And I know that your mind is your most powerful weapon, and it can be definitely an instrument for success. Now, back to our guest. Before we go for a commercial break, I'm going to share a little bit more about her bio, because when I bring her on, I want to get right into the interview and asking her a number of questions. This woman was elected, uh, as I said, to office in 2001, and she served in the office of the 9th District of Los Angeles City Council from 2001 to 2013. 
She has so many accomplishments that are too numerous to cite, but I'm just going to share a bit of them. Miss Perry helped enact restrictions on fast food restaurants in her district. And the reason why she did this was to combat high obesity rates. She funded public parks to promote outdoor activity. And she supported incentives to encourage more grocery stores to open within her district. Now, her ninth district included Bunker Hill, Little Tokyo, and South Los Angeles. This woman was a lightning rod for major changes in the district's infrastructure, and it resulted in quality job development and training and the development of housing at all income levels. During the past decade, Ms. Perry supported major redevelopment projects in downtown Los Angeles that represented more than $15 billion in investments, along with $40 million in city tax revenue. What did this do? It created more than 90,000 full-time jobs. So her record of success has been phenomenal. And I know that you are looking forward, as I am, to listening to Miss Jan Perry, who possesses the energy, the enthusiasm, and dedication, and a record of accomplishments that is absolutely leading the city of Los Angeles to new ground. So I'll be back in a few minutes with a commercial break and then introduce our guest, Miss Jan Perry. <music> We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. When is the last time you saw sparkles of life in your day? Each day holds a treasure, the extra in the ordinary. It is too easy to miss them because they're familiar and we take them for granted. If you want to add sparkle to your day, listen to Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels with Dee Lee. She offers a new way to view the world and to discover your own Mighty Gems in daily life. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Can you think of anybody who does not want a better life and to be a better person? Think about that for a second. Almost everyone wants to be better, but how does one go about doing that? One thing that is making people better every week is tuning in to the Self-Improvement Show with Dr. Irene Conlon. All real change comes from within, but many of us don't know where to find the information or guidance we need to make the changes that bring about the improvement. Most of us don't know how to work within. Listen Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Now on Voice America. The road you travel in life is never a straight line. It's more like running around in circles, which is not a problem when you make Richard Flint a part of your world. When you're standing next to Richard, you begin to see a lot less confusion and a whole lot more clarity. Things just start falling into place. Every Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The power to be with Richard Flint. Join us. 
and more power to you. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Transformation for Success show with Miss Jan Perry. Wow, this fantastic lady. Hi, Jan. How are hey, you? Hey, Barbara. Oh, hi, Dr. Young. <laughs> look, you can say Barbara. You, you earned the right look. <laughs> How about I Dr. just Barbara? love you, Jan. Yeah. You know that so much. All right. And really, you're one of the women that I most admire, and I really mean that from my heart. Uh, I've spoken of you often, of all of your accomplishments and the things that you've done. I know that you've received many accolades from organizations, a lot of women's organizations, and I know that you're a woman on the move, but one of the things I know that you have certainly supported the city of Los Angeles and helped so many people in the community in many ways. So Mm -hmm. I just am happy to have you on the show to have a chance to really talk to the listeners out there of your success story, also of the tripping points. Uh, One of the things I want to share to our listening audience about you is that after serving as city with the city council and the pro tom of the city council and all the things that you did Mm -hmm. uh, for the city, you ran for mayor of Los Angeles, which was a phenomenal feat. However, you lost that election. But because of your record of success, it led the then mayor Garcetti to appoint you in a new role of leading an economic development rebirth of Los Angeles. So what I want to say to the listening audience is that it is, to me, a tribute to a person when her opponent can then recognize her talent and then appoint her for a new role. And I think that's wonderful. So in July 2013, Miss Jan Perry uh, became the executive Now, Jan, I want to make sure I get it right. As the general manager of the Economic and Workforce Development Department, which is EWDD, to spur business activity that would create jobs and develop a strong tax base. So, Jan, I know you've done so much, and I just want to thank you so very, very much. Thank you. You've dedicated your life to service to so many people in the community, and you've made a deep impact, as I keep saying, and you really have. Tell us, how did this all begin? Well, you know, I think it began by me just watching my parents, and maybe I wasn't conscious that, uh, consciously thinking that I would end up in the same place that they did, but I did. Um, I can think back to when I was five years old and going with them to fair housing meetings or voter registration rallies or going door-to-door and talking to people. Well, tell me about your, your dad and, and your parents and what significant contributions they made, because I understand they were quite a trailblazers themselves. 
Well, they were back in they were back in Ohio. My mom's still living in Ohio, and you know, my my mm-hmm. uh, father was a World War II veteran, and you mm-hmm. know, he and his brothers and cousins, they were all civil rights activists, and then mm-hmm. they were some of the early African Americans in the Cleveland uh, Cleveland and the Cleveland area to integrate other communities, and I still think wow. back about a story my mother told me mm-hmm. about how my father took his GI Bill, wanted to buy some property to build a house, was refused uh, in the area that they wanted to buy. It's an interesting story because they found a man who was African American, who mm-hmm. looked Caucasian, to buy the land for my parents and several other black families, mm-hmm. and then he bought the land and sold it to them. And that's how they were able to get this land. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. But was, that was, I heard that there was quite a bit that did happen that way for many African Americans where somebody mm-hmm. else bought property for them that looked right. white. Uh-huh. So that's fantastic. And I met the man. I met the man who did this years later when I was in high school, and uh, <laughs> you know we had a nice chuckle about it. <laughs> I bet he did. Oh my yeah, goodness! So what else did they do that made such an impression on you? Well, I remember when they went to the March on Washington, and I was pretty young, and my grandmother, who was a domestic worker, but she would live with us between jobs, was taking care of uh, myself and my sisters, and you know we were very nervous because our parents were getting on a bus going from Ohio to Washington, D.C., and wow. you know, we had the black and white TV on the counter and watching people go from all over the country, and this was just a movement. And um, you, even as a child, I, you know, I was very keenly aware that things were changing and, you know, just listening to my parents. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the words that they shared with us when they came back, I, I think that it transformed their lives. And my mother will even say to this day that, that was one of the greatest moments of her life uh, to hear Dr. King speak. Oh, Other wow. than having her children, uh, oh. that was one of the highlights of her life. Oh, I'm bad. Oh, mm-hmm. great. So, I mean, this seed was planted in you early. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, what was it like growing up uh, in an era of racism? Because for you as a, as a little girl, I mean, was this something that really uh, you had some negative experiences or positive mm-hmm. experiences with that? Um, you know, I, I would say we had a lot of both. And um, when we, when my parents were, you know, younger and I was younger, someone burned a cross on our lawn. And oh, I, do re- I do remember getting up in the morning and pulling the curtain back and yelling for my parents. And, you know, uh, even though I was young, I didn't quite understand what it all meant. But, you know, as I got older, mm-hmm. you know, we did. And it was, it was sad. And uh, I have have a lot of happy memories of growing up there, but some, some sad because there was tension and mm-hmm. bad language, foul language at times. And, you know, but I, when I go back to visit now, I can see how much change has taken place. Right, and right. my father got elected mayor there in the mid-60s, and my mother got elected mayor. There. Wow. So things did change eventually, and, um, you know, they that, got better. That's, isn't that fascinating? I mean, the history mm-hmm. of mom and <laughs> your mother and your father becoming mayor. Right. Right. That is significant. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And so was that, you think, seeing them in that office inspired you to become what I call this American municipal pol- <laughs> political yeah. figure? <laughs> yeah, now that I realize, you know, because they always taught us to shake people's hands and to mm-hmm. speak to people and look them in the eye and ask them how they're doing and actually listen to what they have to say. Because I always said, you know, you can learn from listening to people, and um, mm-hmm. that's important. 
Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to help people, you have to hear how they see themselves, you know. That's right. That's My mother was a social worker, too. So mm-hmm. I know these things had influence on me. Yes, they did. Well, tell mm-hmm. me, I'm, I'm curious, um, was your, fa- your father was mayor first, and how long mm-hmm. was his term? And then how did it happen that your mother decided to run for mayor and became mayor? Well, you know, he was mayor for quite a while. I can't remember how many terms he served. I'd have to go back and look. You know, I do remember that we were on the cover of the Cleveland Plain Dealer, and, you know, I had braids, and my little sister was on there, too. And I think I must have been about 10, and she was 6. We had on matching dresses. You braids, Jan. Yeah, I had long braids. But uh, she, had, she, my mother, she was always involved in the planning commission, planning and zoning and things like that. So... They they would just kind of trail each other, and you know our dinner conversations were always uh, very interesting because we'd talk about you know covering up the sewers and you know getting trees trimmed and moving garbage and getting garbage and snow plowed and things like mm-hmm. that. And I thought that that was what everybody talked about. You know, oh, to me that was goodness. normal conversation at dinner. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So now I have a, a question: Did you go to a, a segregated high school? Or was your high school integrated? Well, it was integrated, but it wasn't heavily integrated. And so, you know, mm-hmm. when I was in high school, I, I I think I can remember sixth grade, things changed. And I think that's when people began to develop a consciousness about what you have in common and what mm-hmm. is different about you. And I remember I was in the sixth grade. There weren't a lot of black kids in the class, and there wasn't a lot of anything else in we were at a square dance, and, and I remember feeling very uncomfortable because no one wanted to dance with me. And mm-hmm. so you know, I, I danced with the teacher. There's little things like that. And then as we got older, you know, there's occasional name-calling and things like that. And, of course, conflict. Uh, it started uh, really much more in high school. We, we started having the human relations um, counseling and conversations like that. Mm-hmm. So things mm-hmm. really began to change. Wow. Now, when did you come to uh, California? Because I know you attended um, USC. I transferred uh, from Case Western Reserve and came to California in 74, 1974. Wow. What made you come to California, of all places? I went to the Rose Bowl and I saw the Jackson Five. Oh, my God. <laughs> and to me, that was Shangri-La. I called my mother and I said, Mom... I saw the Jackson Five, <laughs> and and I, it was unbelievable. Oh my! I know in the Rose Bowl parade, yes, in the Rose Bowl. Mm-hmm. So, so that inspired you to get to California. <laughs> this is a place like no other. That's true. It's true. Of course, going to USC, University of Southern California, mm-hmm. was it was just a tremendous opportunity to study journalism, and, you know, it's only gotten better over time. Oh, that is true. I can mm-hmm. say that. Now, yeah. do you have any sort of uh, complications or any, because, you know, when you went to USC, there weren't many that many African-Americans at USC during that time, too. So did you have a mentor or mentors? I, I had uh, older students that I, I looked up to, and I remember my head resident, um, um, and I have to mention her name because it's funny we work together now. Her name, Marva Smith of Battle Bay. Uh, oh yes, uh-huh. uh huh. You know Marva. Well, yes, Marva I was do. My, yeah, Marva was my head resident. And Wonderful I, and I woman. Tease her about it. <laughs> I didn't know that. Uh, oh my goodness. But yeah, I really looked up to her. Wow. Well, a lot you know, of people do look up to presence. still look up to Marva. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she my runs, goodness. 
she runs uh, the business or one of the business source centers in South Los Angeles now, and they do a wonderful job in helping small businesses, you know, get access to capital. So it's like she and I have come full circle. Oh, wow. That is wonderful. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think one of the things, too, that how, well, let, let me ask this question first, because uh, basically, you, what inspired you to become this trailblazer and first, you know, get into office and, become, you know, decide you want to run in, you know, the political arena, mm-hmm. and particularly in the city? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you what, what inspired me. I, you know, I never really thought about it. I had a daughter and, you know, I was raising her and I was working in City Hall, but I had not thought about running for office. There's three people who kind of pushed me. One of them was Juanita Tate. Mm-hmm. The other one was a lovely lady who was the head of her block club. Her name was Mary Knowles. And mm-hmm. she lived over by 60th and Figueroa. And the third one was a lady, uh, Helen Johnson, who lived off of 47th and Normandy. And I don't think any of those ladies knew each other. Mm-hmm. But they, independent of each other, talked to me and said, you know, why don't you try this? You're, you, we miss you or we want you to help us. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was excited because I liked, liked them and cared about them very much. So I ran and I ran and I ran and I ran and I ran like the wind. And Oh uh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Now, Jan, did you how did you you know, one of the things about running for office too is is gathering and garnering support mm-hmm. uh of followers. So how are you able to do this? What did people just I mean, you have this charisma. Did people just decide, Oh, we want to support you and, and help you uh Get into well, I, I had had many years of just many, many years of working in South Los Angeles, going back to my days in college. So I already mm-hmm. had lots and lots of relationships with people. Mm-hmm. And then in my later years, you know, I've spent a lot of time working in the corporate world, private sector. So I have lots mm-hmm. of relationships uh, in and around downtown Los Angeles and in business and professional communities. So I, I still, to this day, have those relationships, and they've only gotten stronger and deeper and longer. Um, but what I did is I kind of drew on how I was raised, and when I ran, I, I actually walked the district and knocked on people's doors and talked to them on their porches, and it was a kind of unbelievable because a lot of people have never had that experience with an elected official, so sometimes people were hesitant to open a door. <laughs> um, <laughs> I bet. <laughs> but, you know, it... it there's nothing like walking to give you a close-up view of what people go through. I guess it. I guess that truly um, resonates with some words I've heard from other elected officials mm-hmm. about name recognition and having people get to know you and mm-hmm. know and know your name and know who you are. And, and also so I think that is that's, for you to understand what they go through, and that mm-hmm. you didn't see it from your car passing by. But that's mm-hmm. actually, you know, one thing I, I had to laugh about is uh, we developed a routine where I'd shake the gate in case the dog was asleep. <laughs> so I didn't want the dog write, to come get me. You ought to write a book called Shake the Gate. <laughs> shake the Gate. Shake the Gate, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, my Especially goodness. Especially during the day when the dogs like to sleep. You know, they like to have a little snooze during the day. Well, so. one of the things, too, is intriguing about passion. I, I talked about how you use those three P's, the passion and the perseverance and mm-hmm. power. <clears throat> how did you use these three P's uh, and how did they play a role in what you've learned and how it shaped your life and political career today? Okay. True power to me mm-hmm. is delivering to the people what you promised. Mm-hmm. 
and to keep your word and your commitments to the people who sent you there. That is true power to me, particularly in politics. So I gravitate towards people in politics and government who are of like minds. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like to build, I don't need to build an empire, and I don't need to leverage or intimidate people. Mm-hmm. I just want to deliver for the people in the community. Mm-hmm. And that is my passion, and that's what fuels me. And even when times were hard or, you know, when I was down about the politics, I would restore my, my spirit and my my emotional well-being by just being with people, going mm-hmm. to visit constituents in their homes or sitting with them in their houses of worship, going mm-hmm. to block club meetings, and just hearing what people have to say because it kept me very grounded in reality. And the reality of why I was there, mm-hmm. why people sent me there, and what they expected from me. Mm-hmm. And then the third, that- third point was the, the passion Power and, Pers- and perseverance. Mm-hmm. Well, perseverance, you have to persevere because when you serve a community like Skid Row, or when you serve mm-hmm. a community like South Los Angeles, communities that have suffered from decades of harsh and complicated challenges, mm-hmm. you have to be tenacious and you can't be deterred in your objective. Mm-hmm. Your objective to serve or to build housing or to fund a program or to make sure that people get jobs, or people get a grocery store. And so that's, the perseverance is sort of the engine, that's the fuel, Mm -hmm. or the passion. Well, you know, this is very noble, and, and I mean, honestly, Jan, I don't know how you came to this conclusion, because so many people deal with these, and I don't know how some of the things, your strategies, I've seen you in action, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I know that you're a woman of passion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've seen you play that role as the woman with the number of men on the city council and having mm-hmm. to stand your ground, so to speak. Right. So we, we have, I know you've known much gender inequity um, mm-hmm. yes. over the years. Do you think that anything is slowly changing uh, the paradigms of leadership for women? I think the paradigm is changing. Uh, what concerns me is that I think in many cases women turn away from politics and not towards it because it seems very daunting Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it can be more money driven in many cases, and that's something that doesn't usually attract more women. And um, you know, change in a political process can all also be very slow and very incremental, which can be very frustrating. I can imagine and combative. Uh, oh gosh, uh, there are there. Are, how combative can it be? Very combative. And, you know, as women, I don't know that we're socialized to be comfortable with that, although I would suggest that if you have a passion and if you, you want to persevere and, you know, you have a vision and you want to deliver for, for a community, the combat is just a natural consequence of things. It's nothing to be feared. It's something to embrace. It's another way to dialogue. Well, you know, some of the things that have been attributed to us women is our emotionality. 
mm-hmm. um, and that we are too dependent on feedback and validation from others. Mm-hmm. And this kind of stymies us from being, you know, able to stand our ground and to handle uh, combativeness. So mm-hmm. we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back because I want to ask you some more questions about how we deal with elected officials today and Mm -hmm. how do we deal with people who say a woman should not be in an executive position today Mm -hmm. and be in the political arena because believe it or not there we are still not making the headway I think in Los Angeles in city government Mm -hmm. and also in the state particularly as women and women of color so Mm -hmm. we're going to be right back in a few minutes with Miss Jan Perry, and we'll continue our discussion of passion, perseverance, and power. Follow us on Twitter. The lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. It's time to access your magic. Tune in each week to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glenice Hughes. Our topics cover finances, personal health, business, relationships, mediumship, and so much more. If you want to access all that is possible in your life, listen to Glenice and her expert guests who've turned the impossible into the possible. Living in the Magic of Possibilities is heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. When you make decisions, do you ever find yourself in doubt? Are you trying to figure out what's right with you? Are you ready to truly change your life? Listen for the Access Consciousness Radio Show with the founders of Access Consciousness, Gary Douglas and Dr. Dane Here. Consciousness is all about including everything and judging nothing. Our program will help you break free from your personal limitations and enhance positive change in all areas of your life. Tune in to Access Consciousness, Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Tune in to Embrace Your Inner Self and Empower Yourself with host Sangeeta Patel. This is the show you've been waiting for. It's about moving forward with relationships, money, emotional healing, and meditation. How do you remove energy blockages from your body? You'll learn about this as well as exploring how the yin and yang works to balance your life. Sangeeta and her guests are here to discuss your personal blueprint to a better life. Listen Mondays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hello there, and welcome back to Transformation for Success with my dynamic, interesting guest, Ms. Jan C. Perry, the American municipal politician. So, Jan, welcome mm-hmm. back. 
as Thank we you. continue our discussion, developing mm-hmm. a, mi- a winning mindset, because that is so important for success using the three Ps, passion, perseverance, and power. And you've already talked about your passion, the perseverance mm-hmm. that one needs, and your power as you translate power into serving the community and being able to give back and give people what they want and what they need. So I want to thank you for that. Now, I have a question as we were talking about some of the obstacles uh, in terms of women uh, in municipal government and women in politics in general. uh, And I want to just make this comment because I know that as as the United States, we are lagging behind in terms of women in general uh, in politics and serving in positions as far as other countries are concerned. Many of them mm-hmm. uh, have more women in government than we do in the United States. So one of my questions is, what are some of the things that we need to do to be able to help more women enter into politics and government to make change? Well, uh, we we have to talk more, and I participate in a number of organizations that encourage women to run for public office and talk to them about the realities of running for public office. And I've helped other female candidates mm-hmm. run for office. And one thing that I have seen is this hesitancy to call people and ask for money. Now, when you run for office, okay. you've got to raise some money to get your message out. And, again, people who are not used to doing that, they're, it's not a comfortable thing to do. But I, I try to be very consistent in teaching my, my sisters uh, in training that mm-hmm. this is part of, part of the deal. Whether you know, you're comfortable with it or not, you have to learn to get outside of your comfort zone. Okay. Uh, I think um, I've heard a lot of that discussion, too, about the fear of asking for money or the fear, because mm-hmm. we aren't raised to, uh, to maybe ask. Most women aren't raised to ask for money or to be able to fundraise, and it is a skill. And Correct. it's simply the ask, uh, making the ask. I know there are a lot of men, too, who, who have some problems in trying <laughs> in doing right. fundraising as well. Yeah. So, but, but one of the things, too, uh, I wanted to ask about women, are there these, uh, how do women, because I get this question, too, uh, making a decision whether they want to run for public office or even just the school board or starting it at even mm-hmm. local grassroots organizations, managing work-life balance, managing uh, the priorities, the competing priorities that are facing so many of us today with marriage and home and work. So what kind of strategies can you offer to women who may be considering running for office? And how do they manage this work-life balance uh, in their lives? Well, if you have a Mm -hmm. child or if you're caring for an aging parent or if you happen to have a husband, um, you know, you you have to recalibrate every day. You have to be flexible. Um, Mm -hmm. Hopefully your family is supportive of what you're doing. Uh, I made schedules every day, uh, and I would revise them every night. I always had to make sure there was food in the house so, you know, my daughter didn't (laughs) starve. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, every day I also learned how to order things online, uh, including cleaning supplies. I I became very creative. You know, I hardly went to the grocery store. I'd Google everything and uh, save myself whatever time I could And, and also find time for me to exercise so that I stayed healthy and strong to be able to, you know, be there for my child and to be able to accomplish what I wanted to accomplish. That's great. 
how how difficult was it raising your child and being in political office and being the single mom that you, that you were? How, how well, I didn't I didn't start out that way, but I ended up that way. Uh, yeah. it, was a, it was a challenge, uh, and of course, childcare is always a challenge. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I would always carve out time after uh, the first shift to make sure that I went home and you know made her dinner and was with her uh, until uh, it was time for her to go to bed. Uh, and then many times I would have evening meetings, and I always had a babysitter, and so I, I made sure that she was covered but it was always like i had three balls up in the air and i was always juggling and there were times when i had to take her to meetings with me and that's it that's great that's great you know it's not a bad thing it's not a bad thing for a child to see and i commend you for that i mean you have one of the things that i know that you've done that you've worked with the community Mm -hmm. and how accessible do you have to be? Because you have just worked and brought millions of dollars uh, for improvements to parks and recreation centers and helping p- public safety. I mean, Jan, your name was just all over the place about Jan Perry's done this. I mean, she's working to help LA Live. I remember people were talking about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, how accessible does one have to be to the community? Because you work well, so I think, diligently. I think everybody is different, but for me, it meant a lot to me to be able to speak to people and also mm-hmm. their life experiences influenced me. Uh, I, I'm going to say this lady's name, but there's a lady named Adela Barajas and her sister-in-law had been uh, murdered over on the east side of the district and she oh, came wow. to the office and she was angry and furious and wanted more things for the community in the area uh, for the kids because mm-hmm. you know people just didn't have enough to do and instead of I embraced her energy and uh, we worked hard together for years and uh, got the park renovated uh, it's the Fred Roberts Park uh on over on Honduras uh, just south of Vernon and uh it looks great now but more than that she's built Adela has built a following and a movement over there in that area, uh, through that park, using that park as a platform. That's wonderful. And, you know, her her trauma showed me that I needed to pick up my game and move it along, move it faster, because people needed help, you know, now, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. two years mm-hmm. from now, but now. Wow. Well, certainly, I mean, you have transformed the lives of so many people uh, in the community, uh, in your opinion, though, Jan, because I know you've had your ups and your downs, mm-hmm. what was probably one of the most traumatic experiences in your career that you uh, you experienced, and how did you overcome that? Because that's where that perseverance, that other P, comes in. <laughs> how did you manage? What was oh, your most traumatic? Early on in my term, first term, mm-hmm. there was a high homicide rate in the district, and I would always spend time and try to go help the families who had been affected, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. after they had lost their loved one. And I remember there was a, a triple homicide that it was pretty high profile. And uh, I was there on scene, and I, as I walked down the block and saw little kids standing behind the fences, um, it struck me that they were suffering, suffering from post-traumatic stress syndrome, too, mm-hmm. uh, just like you might see a child in the Middle East. Um, and, you know, it just made me more determined not only to um, help this family who had been devastated mm-hmm. and, you know, bring the community uh, together so that we could find the people who did that, but to focus more on, on getting services to people mm-hmm. through the schools and through the parks and uh, jobs um, so that, 
you know, this didn't ever happen again. And and I still think wow. about it a lot. It oh, still bothers wow. that, me. It sounds like it, it, it made quite an impact on you. Uh, yeah, it did. And I'm really sorry to hear that. We had, you know, go through our difficulties and our trials, and I applaud you for sticking to it and staying the course. I know your parents, your parents must have been very proud of you to sort of follow somewhat in their footsteps. And when you made the bid for mayor and mm -hmm. you lost the election, mm -hmm. what, what happened that you could rebound? Let's put it in that way. How, how, did, how were you able to, to recover from that? Well, I think it's important to learn from your experience, and so, you mm -hmm. know, I, I didn't fill myself with euphemisms about, well, you know, mm -hmm. it wasn't meant to be or anything. I looked at it tactically, I looked at it technically, and looked at where, you know, I could have think, done things better or done things differently, but I also did not let that loss define me, and I think for your listeners, mm -hmm. if, you know, they hear this today, uh, my message or my takeaway is, you know, that didn't define me. I am still who I am, regardless of whether I have an honorable in front of my name or not. And mm -hmm. uh, I, 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 I'll I, tell you one thing. It made me admire Tom Bradley, Mayor Tom Bradley, even more. Oh, oh yes. For what oh, he, he must have gone man. through at that mm -hmm. time that he ran for mayor and the second time that he actually got elected. It made me admire him even more. Because mm -hmm. it was it was a challenge, and this is a big city, and there are lots of different communities with disparate interests, and um, some were very welcoming and some were less welcoming. Mm -hmm. So I can only imagine what he must have gone through. Um, I'm sure. You know, uh, so I I learned a lot, and I I'm actually grateful for what I learned, and I have no regrets. Were Were there specific things that you learned that you could share? Uh, one or two principles to someone listening out there? Yeah, I think that uh, you have to understand who you are. You have to be very honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so when you're out there talking to different groups of people, that you consistently and authentically present who you are. Um, okay. You know, you don't morph or change depending on mm -hmm. where you are. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's really important. And to have a, uh, that air of authenticity, I, I think, jumps, you know, jumps from you mm -hmm. to the people you're communicating with. And also, I think you have to master, master your, your, your art or your subject matter. You know, it's okay. not about platitudes. You really, you really do have to study. You have to read. You have to be prepared. Mm -hmm. And uh, you have to be able to think on your feet. And you have to be okay with that. You have to be comfortable okay. with that. Um, because it is a rough and tumble process. It's not a pretty process. It's not at all comfortable. So you have to be prepared for that and to accept that. Now, one of the things, uh, this is, sounds like a silly question, but I just have to ask it. We have about four minutes, Jan, before we close. And I, I'm just going to repeat what you just said in terms of principles for the listeners. One, mm -hmm. you said you need to understand who you are. And present mm -hmm. who you are. Be authentic, because authenticity is a must. Number mm -hmm. two, master your subject matter. You, you must be a master of what you're good at. And be prepared. You have to think on your feet and be comfortable. Did right. I say it right? <laughs> Did you I said get it right? Exactly right. Exactly <laughs> right. Okay. And one of the things I'm going to add, you got to keep your body healthy. Mm -hmm. you got to keep your mind healthy. 
you have to surround yourself, as she did, with people who are supportive of you, not the negative, toxic haters, and developing that winning mind mindset for success means exactly what Jan Perry said, who has really lived those three P's, the passion, mm -hmm. the perseverance, and the use of power. I often think about power being budgeting power, and she certainly learned how to budget her power. So Jan, I want to thank you so much. We are happy to have you on the show today, and I want to sincerely thank you for taking time for your busy schedule to share thank with you. us today. Thank you, Dr. Now, I didn't get a chance to share about the general manager of the Los Angeles Economic uh, and Workforce Development Department because I'm going to have another show where we're going to talk about economic development that and managing wealth and jobs, and you will be on that show. <laughs> Wonderful. So Wonderful. Don't, don't think I've left you out of that as I purposely today wanted to hear your winning mindset for success from a woman who is an outstanding politician, municipal politician. Again, thank you so much because you've helped give hope and joy and help to so many lives in the L.A. community. And for that, I thank you. And I know God loves you, too. And thank Bless you, Bless you too. back, sister. <laughs> thank you. you. Right. And bye -bye. today, my, my darling listeners, I want to thank you so much for listening. I hope that you've received something today from hearing this from my guest, Jan Perry. Remember, go to my website, www.info at transformationforsuccess.com, where you can find out about the events and the services I offer. And remember to sign up for my free gift. So this is Dr. Young wishing you all a very, very blessed week. I want you to be inspired, be challenged, be encouraged, and be forever transformed. Love you all. Got we appreciate you joining us for Transformation for Success. Please join your host, Dr. Barbara Young, again next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, that's 2 p.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have an outstanding week.